puede ser Katia. Comen Katia. I am here, Alexei. Uh, regale me with the tale of how our sleeper agent, Napoleon, captured Barbarossa, as you instructed him to do. Ah, uh, well, yes. My intel was perhaps not entirely correct. It turns out that the brain and jar was not Barbarossa after all. What? Who was it then? Uh, Paul von Hindenburg. Blast! How could you have failed me again so miserably? I am sorry, Alexei, though in hindsight, maybe we could have labeled jars a little better, huh? Excuses, bah! You're so good at offering up excuses. Tell me, what excuse do you have for me not to drain the life from your body this very instant? Because, Alexei, Napoleon and his friends, Adam, Justin, and Steve, are on their way back to scratch his lair as we speak, to meet with Canadian tricksters, Darren and Graham. Steve? Who is this, Steve? Oh, one of the freaks Napoleon shot with his enchanted gun and turned into grappling hook. Ah, yes, of course. Once it scratches lair, Napoleon will have access to a first wax cylinder, the one that holds the song of metamorphosis. I have instructed him to take possession of the cylinder at any cost. You did specify that he was to take possession of cylinder and then give it over to us, correct? I, uh, well, yes, of course. I am unwilling to tolerate any more setbacks from you, Katya. You better call him and go over the instructions again. You're listening to Creeping Wave Radio, a documentation of our decidedly creepy escapades here on The Unaffiliated. Once the mics go off. Oh, what's that sound? Oh, <laughs> I, uh, I guess it's my phone. Oh, yeah. I wonder who it could be, Nap. Yeah, Nap, answer it. Oh, no. I'll just let it go to voicemail. I wouldn't want to be rude to our guest. Oh, I don't mind. Yeah, me either. Steve? Is that Steve? Oh, where are you? Right here, sugar, in that purse. It's a ready bag. It's a purse. It's a purse. Oh, Steve, is that really you? In the flesh, so to speak. Oh, this is terrible. What happened? Your boyfriend did. Napoleon, what is he talking about? Oh, (laughs) he's just kidding around. Napoleon, that compass of yours has been honking an awful lot. Are you sure it's not broken? Yeah, I was starting to wonder the same thing. Yeah, I don't get it. Darren and Graham, they said they were going to meet us out here, right? Where could they be? Nap, are you sure that this is the place? Positive. Just look over there. That's the tree that looks like Don Knotts. That tree doesn't look anything fucking like Don Knotts. Yeah, I still don't see that. Well, maybe it's the angle. I mean, from where you're standing, I'd still... Oh, whoa, whoa! Napoleon, are you okay? I'm fine. I just tripped over this lump buried under these leaves. It's probably just a root or... Ugh. 
Oh my god. What? What is it? No. No, no, it can't be. Oh, sweet Jesus, why? Why would you rob this world of such beauty? It's Graham. And he's... dead. Even in death, his calves are exquisite. The body's still fresh. Warm even. Maybe we could cut his legs off below the knees? Have them stuffed for posterity? Aha, here. I got my pocket knife. I'll help you. Ah. Who is this corpse exactly? One of the Canadians we were supposed to meet back here to help me get out of my, um, contract. What contract? The one he made with Scratch. Tell her about it, Nap. I bet she'd really be flattered to find out that... Oh, Steve. You're such a card. Napoleon, what's going on here? Oh, I, uh, well... Wait, look! Darren's body is over here! Oh, who cares about him? Yeah, Nat. We're trying to dismember a corpse here. Maybe you can keep your color commentary to a minimum. No, look! He's been shot! Look! They both have! Uh, oh, right in the heart. And they, they both have their guns drawn. Do you think they maybe killed each other? Yes, that's precisely what happened. Mr. Scratch? That's Mr. Scratch. Not really what I expected. Hello again, dear boy. I'm so glad you were spared the sight of it. Such a tragedy. It was dreadful. Those two Canadians got into a bit of a tiff. Something about a Sasquatch, I believe. Pleased to meet you, my dear. Oh, charmed, I'm sure. Napoleon, who is this guy? Oh, well, he's kind of a... A man of wealth and taste? Poor Darren and Graham. You know how hot-blooded those Canadians can be. One thing led to another, and they finally resolved to spend their last bullets on each other. Mm. Ah. What a waste of calves. Tragic. Oh, I see. I understand you were coming back to meet with them. Something about our contract. Did you need clarification, my child? Were my terms unclear? No, I I mean, I, I understood, but... Well, darling boy, you needn't grieve over their empty mortal husk. If you'd like to keep your appointment with them, I'd be quite happy to escort you to their eternal chambers. Though you might find them a bit preoccupied. I see. Well... I guess I'll... I'll just go. Napoleon, is everything all right? Nap, you can't just walk away. Not now. Adam's right. We still haven't cut these calves loose. I just... I, I just... I don't know what else to do. Let's get out of here, Nap. There's something off about this guy. That's an understatement. By the way, Napoleon, how are you enjoying my gifts? 
gifts? Oh my, yes. Your gun, your lovely silver bullets. You have 57 left, isn't that right? Napoleon would never carry a gun, would you? From the looks of things, you've been spending them wisely. Wouldn't you say so, Steve? I'd have to disagree with you there, Scratch. You know what's been bugging me, actually? I don't get why you guys just didn't climb the anchor line. I mean, you didn't really need to turn me into a grappling hook at all. Oh, for the last time, Steve! I did not mean to shoot you! You shot him? You shot Steve? Oh, how could you? Why, sugar, my dear. You should be flattered. Napoleon did this for you. What? It's all so terribly romantic. Napoleon couldn't bear to see you sail off with the other freaks, away from his grasp. So he made a deal with me, his soul, for this lovely flintlock. He's been keeping it tucked away from your sight. So you do have a gun? Yes, but... That night, when the hunters were raging drunkenly through my forest, I protected you. I... I stayed with you when you couldn't defend yourself. And now... You've become one of them? Yes. And you should see him, sugar. Pistol blazing. Oh, he's a natural with it. It's enchanted, of course. But I know talent when I see it. You call it talent? Oh my, yes. That squawking compass of his started life as a proud Canadian goose. It was flying majestically through the heavens until Napoleon shot it down and made better use of the thing. Then there was the crab. Remember that boat the lads rowed you to shore in, Sugar? I'm sure you'll agree it's far more useful as a dinghy than it ever was as some crusty old bottom feeder. I... I can't believe what I'm hearing. Whatever became of that boat, Nap? Did you just abandon it once it served its usefulness to you? Imagine it being tossed aimless and confused through the waves. Oh, how droll. Eh, don't forget about me. Oh, how could I? Your story is by far the most amusing. Glad you find it funny. Stop. I beg of you. I've heard enough. Sugar, he makes it sound so terrible. It's not like that. Let me explain. Napoleon, don't. I don't want to hear your voice. I don't think I can even stand to look at you one moment longer. I could never be with someone who would trade away their own soul. Who could? Oh, that'll be Katya, Napoleon's other paramour. Answer it, my boy. You wouldn't want her to feel as if she were just some disposable plaything, would you? I'm going to go far away from here, back to my tribe. And my children, I never want to see you again, as long as I live. Ta-ta, my dear. So sorry you couldn't stay. Adam, Justin, let me fetch you boys a bone saw. You're making a mess.
Okay. Hey, everybody. Um, I am here doing an interview with one of our cast members today. And uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes and how the role came to be. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, kiddo. Well, I'm, my name is Pat. Hi. And I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough. Yeah. Ain't that something? That, that is weird. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I can't imagine anybody wanting to marry you. Me neither, but she took me. Yeah. Matter of fact, she's the one that told me I was getting married <laughs> two days before I asked. I and did. then I got the hint. Yeah. And yeah. now it's been, oh, five years now as of this month. It has. It has. It was uh, October 2013. In fact, it was uh, 12, 2013. A 10, 12, 2013. <laughs> I wanted How about to October 12th, 1913. Yeah, 1913. Yes. Yeah, there we go. We're going to run with that, okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, it's more impressive, isn't it? I um, am scratch and kind of timeless, so 1913 will work for me. It works for me, too. Um, so, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, this is Pat, also known as Weirdsley, on the show. We've sometimes introduced him as that. And uh, he is the voice of Old Scratch. Now, tell us how you got the role of Old Scratch. I already told her I was married. <laughs> oh, right. So, so basically, uh, your your spouse uh, told you that you would be reading the role of Old Scratch. No, not exactly like that. That uh, you know, she was doing a podcast and uh, needed some help, and they needed a uh, a voice. So it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll try it. Why not? Yeah. And so we did try it. And uh now originally we had wanted you to sound uh much more like the Tom Waits version uh that is from The Black Rider. I found out after I kind of had already outlined this and wrote this several years before the podcast. Um I, I actually wanted to present this piece as an animated series. Uh I had a dream about this uh story, this kind of unusual story that uh, I had when I fell asleep in Michigan in his dad's chair. Also, if you didn't catch on, the spouse he's talking about is me. Um, I, I am that spouse. Um, so uh, my father-in-law's chair, fell asleep in that chair listening to um, The Black Rider, and one of the songs on there is called uh, Just the Right Bullets. And in the song Just the Right Bullets, uh, Tom Waits sings, uh, he's got this really dark, scratchy kind of, uh, frightening voice that he sings in that I thought was kind of great and amazing. And I, I wanted you to do it, uh, and you were able to do it, but, uh, only for a, a couple lines before you started hacking and coughing. <laughs> and so she wanted me to do, do Tom Waits from his music, which yes, it winds up being, oh, hello, I am yeah, he, he wasn't so, able, able to do it in the long term. We sort of worked through worked this through, and it's just like, try this out. And actually, I did kind of wind up being a Tom Waits, but more the Renfield Tom yeah, Waits. Yeah, he actually, he actually came across... Now, I, I always thought that you... Uh, he came across his voice when we were watching the Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, directed by Coppola. And uh, Tom Waits is in that. He's Renfield in that. And so uh, we were watching that kind of as research to help him get into character. But you really started more, I feel like, you started more kind of mimicking uh, the older Dracula yeah. and, and his yeah, intonations. Much. I try to do the intonations that way and, yeah. and uh, you know, just kind of that um, 
Oh, very measured, very sinister. I am in control of everything. Yeah. Kind of, kind of attitude, and and hopefully that that comes across in the voice. Um, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. After a couple takes. Well. <laughs> sometimes when you cold read things, you have to do that, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's uh, kind of how we came about doing this. Um. And he got jumped into the role of Scratch. Um, and I basically, I write the scripts. So he sits here and he gets to listen to me uh, labor and whine and <laughs> argue with myself over what I want to do. Because I, I have an outline of how I want the story to develop. But things shifted a lot because um, I was actually, I, I kind of got brought into a podcasting group through some connections that I had uh for doing artwork for another podcast we're interviewing <laughs> the thing the the reason that this is a little difficult is because he just kind of jumped me with the microphone and decided that we were doing the interview now which i don't know if this is going to be the final cut or not um even though that i'm not a fan of uh, off the cuff kind of stuff i like everything to be very cultivated um, you're a little but bit you're different married to me. Yeah. And you're a little bit different. So kind of explain how you go about getting into uh, character. So when, when I give you a script, which I, you're usually the first person who sees the script, you've seen many incarnations of the script. You've sometimes edited the script. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He is also one of my editors. Um, <laughs> I'm a listener and a listener editor uh, uh, shoulder. Yeah. Shoulder to cry on when I just can't get things. But the, the tangent that I was going on about is that it differs greatly from my outline because I was trying to fit it into a premise for the podcast uh, where I was going to make a satirical podcast kind of taking all the alt news, all the conspiracy theories and the weird stuff and kind of doing a satirical take, um, satirical parody versus like mocking or anything hateful, just kind of having fun with it. Um, and so I had to reshape a lot of my original notes and a lot of my original storyline to, you know, this. So you get to sit there listening to me <laughs> trying to do that. Uh -huh. um, and uh, what, what I, I guess, what is that like? What is that like to have to be involved in the raw creative process? That is. <laughs> I find it very refreshing myself yeah. because I'm an artist myself and, and my actual day job is, is I'm a scientist, which, mm -hmm. you know, it does involve a lot of creativity, but it's a creativity in a different way. But, but down in my bones, I, you know, I'm an artist. I'm, I draw, I write, uh, I try and play guitar, which usually just winds up being making noise, but that's okay. I have fun doing that. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I'm working on this like this and, or going to shows with you and being around people that are just doing something that they really enjoy and really love. And just a lot of good creative juices going on. That just gets me going. Yeah. 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 Um, so you don't mind being part of the, the, the actual construction so much. Um, and again, let's return to how do you prepare for a script? Uh, when, when you are handed the script before anybody else and you get a chance to look over it and we're past the editing process at this point, um, what? I just figured that was ongoing. <laughs> you know what it is? A lot of the time, sometimes a line just doesn't work when exactly. we're doing it. it, it and... Yeah, sometimes it doesn't work as you're talking. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, no, we wouldn't say it this way. No, no. And uh, 
I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Cause I, um, I originally, a lot of the universe from this comes from a book series that I was doing. And so the language that I use, uh, when you try to convert it to a podcast and for something that someone would actually say is dialogue, a lot of the time it, it, it feels clunky. So you have to say like, you know what? I can't, I can't sit here and deliver all of these <laughs> lines. I have to, you know, kind of adapt it to what would feel natural coming out of my mouth and not what, you know, maybe looks good on paper or looks good in like a feels lyrical. And and it's amazing yeah. that most of her words are bigger than four letters. <laughs> not poop. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah. Um, so when you prepare for a script, do, uh, what, what do you do to get yourself in character? Is there anything that well, you I mean, watch I'm, or think about no, or songs you listen to? No, I just envision in my head because, you know, I've seen Dracula countless times. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that Dracula's the older the older guy was, was, was really cool and be a really good, I, I guess, way to, to really act. And if, if I had my choice, I'd live in a castle up in the middle of Transylvania and be totally weirded out just like he was. <laughs> And I would just love, the, I would just love to be able to climb up and walk, climb through walls, and mm -hmm. have have a a, uh, a you know a robe that trails fifteen feet behind me, and then of course three gorgeous women locked in a back room. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but, talking. So so yeah, I mean, I just kind of think of it and yeah. remember the line, you know, and I might turn it on. Uh, normally, I don't because I, again, I've seen it so many times, but. Uh, but I just kind of get the cadence down and, mm -hmm. and just kind of do it that way. And, and, uh, but and then, you're not doing a mimicry of the voice. You're not. No, you because I'm, I'm not that good. This is my first <laughs> voice thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. And so, no, I'm not that good. So, yeah, it's, it basically comes out. Of, whatever comes out is, is what, what you're going to get now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. without extensive practice. Oh, you, you probably get more practice in than a lot of the people who uh, I just get dragged into this. Um but uh, I'm not really dragged in. Normally, uh, I, I'll have a character in mind, um, at least with the, the episodes that have been coming up. I'll have a character in mind and I'll approach somebody. And sometimes I, I get turned down and people will read the script and go like, this doesn't feel like something I want to be attached to. And, and that's fine. Or the people are busy. Uh, but normally I have an idea of uh, who I want in the role and I'll kind of hand them the script and say like, hey, let's do a read, see how it goes. A, a couple times we've had people who didn't work out, I guess, but um, it's... I think far more by far, especially the the new the crew that you have now yeah. working out pretty well for you. I mean, we have actually professional actors, and and, yeah. and he Travis Rhett Travis, Wilson. yeah, he is extremely good. I've I've met the fellow; he's really cool to hang out with. He's our Mel Blanc, basically. Right. Uh, he he's kind of our man of a thousand voices. We also have uh, Alex Stein of Pop Crow. He is Pop Crow. Uh, and then we have uh, Leah Dearborn of the band Heartbeat Trail and Mittens, uh, all very talented actors, uh, musicians as well. Uh, and then we have uh, Margot McGrath, who is, uh, she plays Margot, Margot Scratch, your daughter, ah. um, <laughs> and my love interest. So um, is that awkward for you at all? Um, like sometimes in the script, does is there ever uh, that separation from the character and your real life? Uh, the fact that I give you these scripts where I'm very clearly you're not my love interest and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, it, does this... I, I'm not too worried about it yeah. because your character is just short of Barney Fife. Okay? Right. 
It is just <laughs> Jerry Lewis, somewhere in between there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, yeah, I, I would say that. I am really not worried about really hot demon girls taking you home. Yeah. Oh, no. She is, well. <laughs> but yeah, um, the, the character. Well, why would you take a demon girl home when you go? You can go home with Scratch himself. Well, that's true. That's true, man. I don't know. So. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that, I'm glad because I, that's something that I sometimes wonder about when I'm writing the scripts, if, they, if it ever may, gives you pause or if you're ever sitting there like, but I, you, I know from the comic books and stuff like that, that I've written that you've never, you've always seen it as a separate entity. You don't see it as uh, like anything that you should be questioning, <laughs> stuff like that. And no, again, I, you know, I'm a writer myself mm -hmm. and you know, you might base, you base your characters a lot on on yourself i mean mm -hmm. even even if you're not trying uh consciously to 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 infuse yourself in your characters just from the fact that you're writing a character mm -hmm. you're just unconsciously going to get put parts of you into it mm -hmm. and the same thing with you know with other people a lot of times you do not write a character that is slow, solely based on one one a friend of yours or something like that and so you know that's just how i kind of look at it so that you know Napoleon in the character, yeah, he has parts of you, but not all. Yeah, yeah. See, you say you say Barney Fife, and I, I guess I would have said more uh, Martin Prince meets Ralph Wiggum, but you're not as familiar with The Simpsons as no. <laughs> we um uh, we do have a ten year age gap between us. I'm I'm 38, and you are 48. 28. Uh, you're you're 20. <laughs> Just um, awful gray. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that is actually one of the things that becomes very interesting is uh, sometimes I'll try to reference something for the script and, he, uh, and I'll have to explain uh, what I'm talking about to him. And I'll be like, no, no, it, trust me, it works. It works. People are going to understand this. And, and other times uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll reference something that I get and I'll be like, but would you think that there's enough people out there who actually... Un will understand what this is and who actually will care about what this is and so it's it, it is interesting because we're kind of drawing from uh two different I, I, are we actually two different generations i guess we're not really are we mm. so if we are yeah. they're, they're like you know the, the dividing line is really close yeah we're, we're drawing from two different uh timelines i can't remember what the 80s generation was is that generation x i have no idea i i lost track several generations ago because yeah. every few years they come out with a new generation i don't know why everything has to have a name now mm. i mean there's baby boomers and there's generation x and then y and then z and then millennials and yeah it's it's just like i don't know can we just <laughs> It it just seems weird. It's just I don't, I'm not entirely. I can't keep them all straight. Yeah, so it's uh seems strange to me that everybody has to have an identifier as far as when they were born and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, but um so the the script for this season um it's it's probably going to be seasonal. That's what we're foreseeing right now, at least at the time of this interview. Um, just because it's a lot of stress for me with uh, doing art shows and you with uh, just basically trying to uh, <laughs> save all the indigenous species of California and stuff like that. He, he is a wildlife biologist and uh, he works in conservation and ecology. And uh, so it's it's we, we both have uh, real jobs and it's it's very difficult. And I say most podcasters out there do. And that's the struggle. Um but in coordinating 
what is in effect like a short play (laughs) every week is is a little much well it's good that we can only do it do it you know that we only do it part of the year and we Mm -hmm. come out at halloween because i mean think about it how weird would our christmas special be that'd be great though i mean that'd be amazing (laughs) so i i would love to do that one year just have like the christmas special but i I feel like you have to have like a real following (laughs) so that's what we're trying to do uh, and, and that's why we do interviews like this. We want to show the personal side. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all about uh, creating a connection with the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. 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 It's, it's, it's so Machiavellian. So. Not but, really. Oh, so what have been some struggles that you have faced? Trying uh, to do that Tom Waits voice. Tom Waits voice. you want me to do. Demand yeah. it that I do. I didn't. I don't think I really demanded. I just knew that. All you... right, suggested heavily. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were no threats involved or anything like that. It was, it was just like, do this. Here's this song. Listen to it. But, hey, we tried so, it. Didn't yeah. work. And it didn't. It didn't pan out. So, um, I don't know. Uh, probably, I I would say the fact that uh, I I sometimes am up to like four and five in the morning sitting next to you with a computer because we live in a studio apartment. So there's not a lot of space, and my desk right now is set up for art. Um, so using the computer and typing on that desk is is a little tricky. So I use the bed, and I have like a lap desk, which is basically like a pillow with a um, hard piece on one side. That's <laughs> a cup holder too. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I think oh. yeah, I think it does have a cup holder. <laughs> I haven't used. Well, it needs yet. to say yeah, we're we're space limited. Mm-hmm. So I'm sometimes sitting up next to you while you are sleeping. And at, conversely, especially yeah. during the weekends, is when I'm up doing things mm-hmm. and uh, doing dishes and clonking things and mm-hmm. playing on my computer. You know, naps crashed out trying to get some sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have a tendency to, um, I'm awake for two days and I sleep for one day. So it's it's a unique system. It it, it works. But uh, yeah, I, I guess it's probably not so great for the body, but that's that's okay. <laughs> we, we, we pick our poison, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what have been things that you've enjoyed about working on this then, I guess? Well, being successful at being able to produce this voice and make it sound good. Mm-hmm. Again, I've never done this before. So mm-hmm. anytime you have some success doing something, you know, that, that's an uplift for me. Okay. Um, I, you know, I don't really feel that it's probably something that I'm going to pursue as a career, but, it, but it is fun to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you, you do also do, you really do dabble in acting. Um, one of the things that he does on the side uh, is he is a docent for Whaley House in San Diego, California, which you may have heard of, even if you're outside of the state of California. Um, it's called the most haunted house in the United States. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure how they validate something like that. It's very subjective, and people <laughs> ask that all the time. And I just, I just, just tell them that the, you know, if you're in the house and mm-hmm. someone's tapping you on the back, back of your shoulder, and when you turn around, there's nobody there. I guarantee you, at that point in time, that is the most haunted place in the United States for you. For you, mm-hmm. that's true. So, but uh, yeah, you work there, and it is pretty much uh, your job to creep people out. But you don't get to do things that they do at uh, like a, a traditional haunted house kind of thing. You, you well, don't jump out and. The, yeah, well, let's just you know, define our terms here. We are a traditional haunted house. Yeah. Our ghosts are real. Uh, the other ones are Halloween things, mm-hmm. and so we the Whaley Houses is a 
is technically a historical house museum that just happens to be very haunted. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, yes, if you come to Whaley House Museum, you are going to get a lot of history, yeah. like it or not. But as we say during our tours, you have to know the history to maybe understand the activity that occurs there now. Yeah. And and that's uh, a lot of what they give out is the, the history and why there's certain things that people may be seeing and stuff like that. Uh, I, I guess, you know, my favorite ghost. And, and I'm not a believer or a disbeliever. I, I just... Uh, I always kind of say, if you tell me that your grandma's a stripper, I have no reason to disbelieve you. But until I see her in action, I'm not really going to buy the story. So um, I guess my favorite ghost of the house is Yankee Jim. And do you want to tell us a little well, bit? They can come to the house and learn about Yankee Jim. Can, well, some of them don't don't live in California. Well, if they come out this way... <laughs> We you can, can you can come and see us. We'll tell you also, all about Yankee Jim. You can go see his grave. Yes. You can also go to Whaley. Uh, was it WhaleyHouse.org? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can go to WhaleyHouse.org. And um, all of the stories are up there. It's it's not a secret. Um, it's nope. it's out there for anybody to, because it, it is an actual history. None of this is made up. Though at, at one time, like when I well, when I was in kindergarten and stuff, I li- I'm from this area. Um so we would go on field trips to the Whaley House and stuff like that, and Old Town in general. Um, and a lot of the histories that we were given were false because the previous owners of the Whaley House liked to make up stories. Um, and I don't know, I don't, I don't understand why they would have to do that because there's enough weird stuff happening at the Whaley House. You do not have to make stories up to to freak everybody out. Yeah, and I guess my favorite made up story is uh, that there's a three year old girl who was decapitated on a clothesline in the backyard. But if you think about how high a clothesline is, and you think about how high a three-year-old's neck is, how did she get herself up there in the first place? But we do have a nine-year-old that, that haunts, the, haunts the house, and she likes to hold your hand mm-hmm. and tug on your jacket and your pants. Yeah. And sometimes she will giggle at you. <laughs> she, she, you said that she had giggled at you a couple tours before. Yes, she has. Yeah, so... That that's that must be pretty interesting. <laughs> well, so so you are no stranger to the this occasions of uh, paranormal and such like that. So, so this podcast is right up your alley, then. It is. <laughs> I'm in good company. Yeah. So, um, and, and you you know that I'm probably not really open to taking suggestions, but what are your what would you like to see happen with Scratch? Uh, in future episodes uh, you may have insider knowledge um, so try not to share that <laughs> but what 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 do you think you would like to see happen with that character's development uh, what would you like to see not happen as well well i like i like to see him be you know take more suggestions take more suggestions <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and- being an artist i understand um where that comes from uh but uh i i don't know I, 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 un, unlike other folks that I know mm-hmm. in the room, and I'll just look at him whistle. <laughs> um, You're a jerk. <laughs> I, I, um, my, well, best to find it this way. My first wildlife job, the guy says that if you want to work in his career, adaptability is, is what you, is going to be your go-to word. Mm-hmm. And I've lived off that ever since. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, though this has been adapted significantly and, and you've seen this, it's, it's just that, um, 
when you get, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, you always hear about uh, writers on, on a set being the, the huge pains in the ass because they have a specific vision that they're it's trying to get It's their baby. Out. Yeah, it's their baby. Um, and I, I try not to be too much of a pain in the no. ass. Um, in fact, um, I, I have a tendency because um, a lot of times we're working with volunteers. Yeah, and not speaking ill of anybody. Uh, no. When somebody is a volunteer... They gave their all and they did what they did with the time that they had available. But I think that because they're volunteers, I was more hesitant to push. Um, I was, uh, instead of saying like, okay, you know what, we got to get this read. And if today is not the day, then, uh, you know, maybe we come back another time. Or uh, if they delivered a line in a way that I didn't like, I didn't say like, you know what, I really need you to take that again. I really need you to give me some emphasis on this, or I really need you to give me some actual emotion. Or And I, I really would just be like, okay. <laughs> but so. she is working through that. Yeah. And, and also I should say that uh, as the writer, the director and stuff like that, you take full responsibility when you don't get the performance. It is your fault. It's nobody's fault but your own. Because nobody can read your mind. So hmm. if you're not being assertive enough to say, this is what I need. <laughs> can you do this? Yes or no. <laughs> if you're not out there doing that, then and you don't get the performance that you want, then that's your fault. That's It's nobody else's fault. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I guess what else would I want to ask you about this? Um, what are things, uh, are there any things in the storyline that have ever surprised you or frustrated you um, that you've had uh, disagreements with the writer on? Not really outside of maybe how to word something. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but again, I, I word things differently than the writer does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you and, do. uh, but, you know, but luckily we both really favor the more, more classical type literature. And so I think and so that makes us sound really pretentious, but I think, well, they... no, 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 not what I mean by classical. I mean, we already sound like douchebags. Yeah. You know that. Right? No, what I mean by classical is, I mean, I mean, old style literature, 19th yeah. century horror, oh, 19, I, you know, 19th know century classics. Yeah. Not, not, not because, you know, there's these are, well, we only read classics, but no, we just have a tendency to enjoy more mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, you know, how people acted and spoke in times past. Yeah. Both history geeks too. Yeah. Now a lot of the old scratch character in this is um based heavily off of old mountain music. Um you hearing like old bluegrass songs uh that uh you you will actually hear them talk about old scratch or talk about the devil, but the way that they talk about the devil, uh and this was a, a big turning point. I actually did a whole thing on um uh, the, the representations of Satan at the end of one of my uh, podcasts from the first season. But um, you see this shift from believing that evil is all around you and it can't be escaped and it's uncontrollable and you should be afraid at all times to the devil as this very human representation who has really a crap job that he doesn't want to be in and he has to collect a certain amount of souls, but he wants to play you for it. He wants to have fun. He just wants to interact with humanity and um there's actually a school of thought called luciferianism which i'm i'm not part of by the way but um that uh believes that uh lucifer which is the the incorrect name for uh the the dark one the um accuser satan whatever you want to call that figure um is uh actually was thrown from heaven for saying that man should 
enjoy the pleasures of life. That if you gave man these wants and these desires and you put all these pleasures before them, then man should be allowed to enjoy these pleasures and shouldn't be punished and shouldn't, shouldn't be chastised for it and was cast out of heaven for making that suggestion. And uh, you, you kind of see that in these uh, songs where uh, the, the old scratch wants to, you know, play fiddle or wants to gamble or uh, want, wants to make a wager and that kind of thing. Um, you the devil see, went down to Georgia looking for a soul to steal. That's right. That's right. And you see, you see that a lot. And um, so the figure here is not a figure of insurmountable evil. He's uh, just got sort of a crappy job. And he's overworked. This and one, yours? Mine, yeah. Yes. This incarnation of it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I think that makes the character a little more interesting uh, than, than just like this force of pure malevolence and kind of thing. Though, not to say you're not a malevolent person. I mean, you, you can <laughs> you say with a raise of their eyebrows. They well, can't see you raise your eyebrows on the microphone. You have to. Well, I always wonder why mom told me, says, when I'm talking to grandma on the phone, why she can't hear me shaking my head no. Right, right. So you're more of a video than an audio kind of person. They didn't have that when I was young like that. Yeah, they didn't, did they? No. Oh, wow. So, yeah, one of the things that I remember you describing to me um, that was kind of interesting was that you had, uh, is it Return of the Jedi? on vinyl mm -hmm. and uh and yeah raiders yeah. of lost ark the story of star wars and then empire strikes back and so you actually listen to it on vinyl like an old radio show kind yeah, of record yeah um which is kind of what we're trying to do with this um i'm a big fan of uh, mystery in the air by which is uh was hosted by peter lorry um and then uh also welcome to night vale which is kind of a I guess the the contemporary return to the audio drama that uh, people are most familiar with. I, I think it's the the first one that I remember connecting up with and saying like, "Oh, hey, wow, this is this is something interesting." Um, and we're we're kind of trying to put that flavor in with a little bit of Scooby Doo, mm -hmm. bringing in the uh, guest stars and the guest musicians, which we're going to try to have more of um, as they become available. So if if anybody out there. Uh, is listening and interested. We're really just uh, starting out here. We're just kind of just testing the waters, so to speak. Um, but yeah. Um, and if you have a green band and talking to a Great Dane, that'd be cool. That would be definite pluses. Mm -hmm, yeah. So, <laughs> but um, let's see. What else? What a doom talking doom buggy will work the too. Talking doom buggy. That is actually um, my favorite genre of cartoon is the meddling kids genre of cartoon and uh they used to have on cartoon network they'd have like a whole block of meddling kids uh where they do like amazing chan and the chan clan which i don't know if you could air anymore because it, it does rely heavily on stereotypes and uh butch cassidy and the sundance kids and josie and the pussycats and scooby-doo um which uh, of all of them speed buggy yeah and speed buggy um and uh funky phantom and anything in that genre i was just mm. kind of all about um i, I think because i didn't have you know friends and uh then when i got old enough and i did have friends i kind of realized i i actually don't know if i have the patience to be 
a friend, but uh, I, I, I guess we work out okay, so I'm not sure. How well, that... I played a lot alone by myself yeah. when I was a kid because yeah. I was always a history geek. Yeah. And so I would rather play Civil War and stuff like that instead of football. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'm the same way. Um, I would rather just be writing or drawing or editing or doing something like that. And a lot of times I feel like when people are sitting around just having a drink and chilling and I, I hate nothing more than laid back, uh, which is why this, this interview is killing me inside. But yeah, laid, laid back or impromptu or stuff like that is, is not cool with me. I like to always be, uh, doing something, always have a project, always, uh, yeah, kind of have a plan. Well, this is just training for, for when you receive your award for the best cartoonist of the year award. Yeah, that's that's and not gonna someone happen. throws a curveball question at you, you'll be all trained up and ready. All trained up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually I do have a letter from high school, um, that I didn't play sports. I have it in uh what what was called comedy sports, which is improv team. Um so I'm I'm good at it in, in one facility, but in my life I I just yeah, I <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't like anything that's, uh, you know, laid back or it, it just makes me feel like I'm kind of being suffocated for some reason. And you're a Californian. I am a Californian. <laughs> uh, I've, yeah, I've never, never fit that profile. No. Which no. I, I think is, is just a stereotype of, uh, a couple people who are just so profoundly. No, it's a stereotype uh, based yeah. off of, um, uh, like the surfer guy from, oh, yeah. from like uh, your Spicoli kind of guy, Spicoli or whatever that guy's name. Oh, if yeah. you if you um are not as old as us, yeah. <laughs> Spicoli. Fast times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, yeah. and um, so but uh, fine piece of cinema. Yeah. If you're if you've never been exposed, have fun. Yeah, yeah. Phoebe Cates, it's a good scene. So all right. <laughs> so okay, um, I think that we've said everything we need to say yes we have embarrassed ourselves enough and it's probably time to turn off the microphone not sure if this is going to be the cut that gets out there but just so everybody knows he just jumped me with a microphone on the bed um, because he was tired of hearing me whine about how much editing and work i no, have to it do. wasn't <laughs> well, we just need to get it done yeah. and i i'm always of the opinion this is the best time to to get an interview because you know the other thing about heavily preparing for something is it gives you really gives you time to think about it and believe me i work in the government so mm-hmm. uh sometimes it is better to uh be a little more um off the cuff because you get more of an honest answer yeah maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> are you being honest with me though yeah yeah i only have 14 of the girlfriends yeah well, that's that's fine that's okay, cool. okay. Um, we're not going to talk about mine so. all, right. <laughs> all right well i thought we shared well, yeah. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. All right, lads and ladies. Uh, thank you for joining us for this strange impromptu interview. <laughs> this ambush interview. Mm-hmm. So, how how narcissistic is that, that you come at me with a microphone and demand to be interviewed? I didn't demand to be interviewed. I go, here, talk. <laughs> talk. Yeah. And I had no idea what you were doing. Yeah. So Think of it as like that. The, the surprise dancing that everyone starts dancing in the middle of a train station or something all on cue. Like, yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's usually a flash mob or a musical and both mm-hmm. of those take rehearsal.
And we've been rehearsing for a long time. Okay, well, I guess I've known you for a while. Yeah. So, all right. Okay, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening. Um, hopefully, I can edit this down into something uh, palatable. Coherent. Yeah, coherent. <laughs> Not too embarrassing. Yeah. All right. Uh, talk to you later. Uh, keep on listening. Thanks so much for listening today or tonight. Bye.